Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hi, ladies. I wanted to hop on and take just a minute to introduce a friend of mine and one of my pastors, Serena Backus. Uh, Serena, we're so blessed to have her on the Entourage podcast today. She is one of the campus pastors for the Durant location of Victory Life Church. And recently, unrelated to Victory Life Church and unrelated to Entourage, um, First United Bank, an organization in the community we live in, had hosted a networking event for women called Linked, and they chose topically to make this event be about faith, which is one of their organizational pillars. And in that, they invited Serena in literally to minister in a secular place twice in the morning and in the middle of the day, and they invited Entourage to come and be a, a non-profit from, uh, from the faith world um, to be featured and be available as a resource. And so Serena and I were both blessed to get to go and, and help serve that day in different ways at that event. And I asked her to share on the podcast the word that I got to hear her share that day. It's just a, it's a timeless word, but it's also a now word. It, it's perfect because it's straight from the heart of God. And I know that it is going to bless you. It is going to minister to you. So without further ado, it is an honor for me to turn this microphone over to my friend and pastor, Serena Backus, as she shared this, these thoughts from the Word of God with you. Hello, and thank you, Paige, so much for that beautiful introduction. Before I get started, I have been on here before on this podcast, and I consider it an honor every time. But before I get started, I wanted to share a little bit about myself in case you haven't heard maybe those other podcasts. I attended Victory Life High School and graduated two years early. I spent what would have been my junior and senior year living in Botswana, Africa, and I served during that time at a primary school developing after-school programs and working on continuing education curriculum for those schools. Upon returning home, I met my now husband at Southeastern, and we got married during fall break in 2010 during our freshman year of college. We do have five children and serve our community as campus pastors for Victory Life Church. I owned my own interior design business until mid-2022 when I walked away to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. I am now the volunteer community liaison for Hands of Hope Food and Resource Center, and if you haven't seen me at any of those places, you can always find me at Goodwill. <laughs> and that's probably why my voice, or even my face, <laughs> looks familiar. My desire every time that I have an opportunity to share is that you would be reminded of your value and you would be rekindled in your dreaming. I wouldn't be who I am today without the power of the Holy Spirit working in every part of my life. So today as I share, I pray that you would feel the love of a father and the comfort of my friend Holy Spirit as you dive deeper into who you are and the unique gift on your life. I do believe I carry a faith gift, and I believe that will begin to accelerate the things already on your life that seem dormant or maybe forgotten. Truth seekers will always find truth. So if you are searching today, I believe God has something fresh and in season for you. So let's get started. Today's title is Heart Care. 
with the tagline, heart care is self-care. This uh, message really came forward as I prepared for this, as Paige mentioned, this first united um, pillar opportunity of faith. And so this message, I believe, is a word for those women in that room and a word for this podcast. So you'll see if you got to hear that message, you'll hear maybe some redundant, um, of course, information. But I believe it's unique to this moment and to the women listening to this podcast. We're going to jump right into to where I started there. I recently came back from a trip to Costa Rica. It was a beautiful trip full of wonderful opportunities of connection and love. My group served a local pastor, and we were able to work with him on different needs of his local community. We worked with several different congregations and all served a different part of the region. Upon coming home, I had a few different revelation, one being that I walked away with was my own personal refreshing. I became a wife almost 13 years ago and then a mom two years later. My life for the past 13 years has been about other people. I realized I honestly didn't know my own dreams in today's version of me. I had them, but they couldn't be the primary driver in my life. I am the one responsible for so many things that everyone around me needs. I'm sure most of you women can relate, but in my house, I'm the one who knows who needs socks, who has outgrown their underwear, and which kids have an activity after school. I have a wonderful husband, and yet in the day-to-day, I still felt lost. I had some heart sickness that needed to be tended to, and this time away from my daily routine exposed that. The heart sickness I'm referring to isn't a medical condition. It's the fruit of what I am producing in my daily life. Fruit that I didn't love. Things like impatience, sadness, anxiety, short-tempered, and a million other bad-tasting things that ultimately begin to rot my daily life. In Hebrew, the word heart refers to the innermost seat of emotions and desires. At the time in history when the Bible was written, there was no concept of a brain. All intellect, emotion, reaction, and reasoning for them, happened in the heart. That is why so much scripture is in reference to the heart. Our heart today, I believe, is defined as the intersection of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion, and the spirit. The spirit through which salvation is made new and is perfected in Christ. So you can potentially see the storm. This fight, which is the fight we all face at some level every day. What is truth? What is faith? And how do I begin to tackle either when I myself can barely breathe. Maybe you've said these things. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Why am I even trying? It doesn't matter anyway. And with each phrase, you feel yourself going deeper into deeper into what at times feels like a pit. For so many, climbing out of that pit isn't even worth the fight. And for others, the fight to climb out is easy. It's the journey of not letting ourselves fall back in that's hard. For many of us in this room, we have probably been in something similar. Maybe you haven't and you are on fire and radically following Jesus. And to you, I say, praise God. That is an exceptional place to be. Today, my hope is that fire in you continues to grow and the compassion of Christ would overwhelm you as you live amongst others that don't have the same experience. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. What exactly does hope deferred mean? It means to draw back like a bow, but never release. For some of us in this room, we are facing deferred hope and it is literally poisoning our hearts and killing our bodies. Imagine the physical and emotional strain that happens when the arrow is never released. That is what hope deferred is. That is what heart sickness is. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Meaning, if the heart has sores, 
your life will experience rot. As women, we have the propensity to view our life like an overflowing closet. Most of us have full-time careers, lives, families, spouses. It's a constant juggling, and most of the time it feels like we are failing someone. I'm here to sound the alarm and remind you that if you don't first put on your own oxygen mask, no one else will get theirs. Your heart isn't an overflowing closet that we can close off and declutter once a month. Your heart is a garden that must be tended to and cared for. Whatever is planted will bear fruit and will produce. And while we can't always pull up every weed, it is our job to be mindful of what seeds are sprouting. Every day we are inundated with seed. Our spouse relates to us and plants seed in the garden of our heart. Our children, our coworkers, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and every other voice that we tune our ear to. It's seed. It is seed that is being scattered in ways in front of us to see what we notice. The truth is what we focus on grows and what we ignore dies. Are we ignoring our family for the numbing of Netflix? There's only so much we can excuse away before it becomes who we are. I've personally felt that. I realized I was reacting out of frustration often with my children. I was way overstimulated. I noticed for weeks I was lashing out, and then I realized that wasn't just a reaction. It was becoming a character trait, impatient. It was a fruit. It was becoming who I was. The gap in my own life was growing because I was behaving in a way that I didn't believe in. I felt disconnected. I felt alone. My heart was sick. And then when I finally became aware and went to the Lord in tears, do you know what he told me? Serena, do you know how to make barren soil fertile? You add crap. And then I realized our junk is the best fertilizer for the Spirit of God. He really likes to use our mess to make us look good if we will allow him. I saw the same things in Costa Rica. We played soccer with a small area school that had children growing up without parents or parents who were addicts. The time spent with them was one of just a way of loving on them and laughing with them. On the side of the hills behind the soccer field, we noticed these beautiful rows of trees. Someone on our team asked about them, and the coach shared with us that the land was once an actual garbage dump. They just tilled the ground and planted small trees, and those trees grew exceptionally. Fruit-producing trees grew where there was once a garbage dump. That, to me, is the kingdom of God. God wants to use our lives in every way possible. He spoke to my heart while in Costa Rica, trash is the best accelerant for fire, and that fire is the presence of God. Psalm 34, 17 through 18 says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them for all, from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So who are the brokenhearted? I believe brokenheartedness occurs when sickness sets in. It can be any of us. That can occur from loss, divorce, separation, failure, mourning, the deep things that bring about any sense of separation or pain. God longs to be close to the brokenhearted and rescues those who cry out to him. That is the promise. That is his word. And you may be sitting here listening saying, yes, this is it. This is what is happening. I long to be close to the Lord. I long to hear his voice. I know I have a special call on my life. I desire to be activated in his presence, but I don't know how to start. How do I begin to heal the sickness that has crept into my heart? How do I begin to tend the soil of my heart? 
Psalm 100 verse 4 says we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So if they are his gates and his courts, that means he is there. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. The Lord promises to answer, but you have a responsibility in the work. You are instructed to enter his gates with thanksgiving. The quickest way to become aware of the presence of God is with thanksgiving and gratitude. And when we do enter into his presence, what is in God's presence? Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You cause me to know the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. It is joyful abundance. And at your right hand there are pleasures forever. What then is the temptation as humans? If we drill down even further as women, I believe it is to look at the thing we are holding in our right hand instead of trusting in the Lord's. What is the thing that brings us a temporary sense of fulfillment? Our phone, our Netflix, our Hulu, our plan, our family. And yet at the end of the day, those things may not be bad, but they in themselves do not fulfill the deepest parts of us as humans. The question that we may ask ourselves on a daily basis is, Am I living to feed my strongest desire or my deepest desire? For me personally to cope with the sensory overload, I would check out. I would find myself giving into the strongest desire. What satisfies my appetite right now? What am I craving the most? Numbing my mind and ignoring the world around me. If I'm being honest, I lived in a very superficial place of peace. The truth is Isaiah 26.3, God will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in him and all whose thoughts are fixed on him. If you've ever had or currently experiencing any type of addiction, this makes more sense. Your strongest desire will be the high. Your deepest desire will be the freedom from that addiction. Looking at the resources in my right hand instead of the pleasure of the Lord's hand. My most real desire was to live in the place of peace of the Lord. And while at times I experienced it, I wasn't fully able to feel peace in the middle of chaos. The truth about this entire thing is God is calling us to be open-handed living in a heart full of surrender. You'll never be able to trust God and surrender until you know his character, and you'll never be able to live open-handed until you release control. I know the battle of being a person who can achieve. I truly believe I can do almost anything, and I was raised by a mother who I know can do anything. Those skills are amazing. But that thinking has also gotten me into a lot of unnecessary situations. The tighter you squeeze by being in control, the less you actually hold. The more trust you have in your own ability to produce results, the less fruitful you actually are. And there is truly a difference between being productive and being fruitful. The greatest sense of freedom is when we submit our lives to the Lord and allow Him to be the author of the outcome. Open-handed living, faith-filled living, where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, and by being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is Spirit. It's one of my favorites. The only way, women, we make it through our daily grind with a heart that is healthy, with limited to no heart sickness, and always being tended to is the strength of the Lord is being transformed into his likeness. I recently had another experience that I feel like is important to share. 
As I mentioned previously, I do have five children. And any mother listening can attest to the volume of children. And mothers with multiple children will shout an amen to the increase in volume by adding just one. It can be so overwhelming. I have great children. And yet somewhere along the way, they became a lot for me. It wasn't until recently I began to understand why. This was a Wednesday before church and my husband was set to minister. So I was doing my best to feed them and finish homework. We had two friends with us in the back room in the back office. And I sat in silence as I watched my friends laughing and my children literally jumping off the walls. My son Judah was hanging from the doorframe. I felt the tears coming. I felt out of control. But instead of spiraling or feeling anger, I just started laughing at him. Dallas Willard says, There is nothing that can be done with anger that cannot be done better without it. So as I rolled in the floor laughing, my kids were stunned. Then, of course, they all fed on that and just started rolling in the floor together. It was crazy. It was loud. It was overwhelming. But it was so full of love. I embraced it and realized that I've spent so much of my life as a parent peacekeeping that I had not stepped into the authority to make peace. Being a peacekeeper will wear you out and will make you responsible for the attitude and posture of everyone around you. You will never find rest because there will always be someone to manage peace for. Before, I would have seen my friends and instead of allowing the mess with my children to exist, I would have tried to scold my children into behaving, which may have worked for that situation, but it wouldn't do anything in long-term connection. For some of us listening, I believe the struggle at home isn't because of lack of rules, but you are trying to enforce those rules without any type of connection, and therefore it is leading to rebellion. Rebellion in your children, rebellion in any type of relationship with your spouse, and rebellion in your heart for the Lord. You have heard a lot of religious rules, but you may have not ever actually encountered the voice of a loving God. I believe by the Spirit, the Lord has been drawing some women listening into a deeper intimacy with Him. But you disconnected from that intimacy in any close relationships, so you've forgotten how to operate in that peace. Control is a false sense of peace. The tighter you hold, the less you have. So then the question becomes, what is peace? And if what I am saying is true, how do I become a maker of it, not just a keeper of it? The definition of peace, or one definition, is tranquility. And the second, the war has ended. That's my favorite. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. So how do you end the war of chaos around you and your family? If you're listening to this, I would challenge you or ask you this question. When you were a child, or maybe even to this day, as an adult, were you labeled as highly emotional? You weren't sure why, but you would just change gears faster than anyone else. Walk into a store, maybe, and you felt immediately scared. You walked into a home, you felt overwhelmed. Emotions changing like a roller coaster. Well, if you haven't heard this before, let me affirm this in you. You most likely have a gift of discernment. God gave us all emotions, but instead of using them as a gauge to help steer you, you allowed it to be the only thing directing you. Do you want to know one of the most powerful tools in your tool belt to change spaces around you and create a place of peace within you? Speak the word of God. I was that person. As a child even, at times I felt crazy. I felt broken. 
This definitely didn't feel like any gift I wanted. Now, as I have grown in understanding more of the word, but also being a person who truly seeks the heart of God, I see so many beautiful things about the gift that are in women and the gift of women to this world. God literally birthed his seed through women, and he has given us such unique ways of tending to the people around us. Women change things, and when women experience victory, it is never just for her. The heart of a woman is reflected in every single thing she touches, and we can't deny that. Have you ever been around a person and just thought, wow, how does she do that? Everything is like glitter that she touches. And that type of thing is available to all of us in the presence of Jesus. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Isaiah 55.11 says, God wor- God's word will not return unto him void. It will accomplish what, I, what he purposes, and it will succeed in the thing in which he sent it. This is a longer one, but it's so powerful. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that is um, Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 17. There are offensive and defensive weapons of warfare. This isn't some watered down Sunday school message. You are in the fight of your life. You are in the fight for your children's lives. You are in the fight for your marriage. Today is a move out of a victim thinking and be empowered with a creative mind. Your emotions are real, but I have to be honest with you. They are not the full picture of truth. The infallible, incorruptible word of God is the only thing true. You are made in the image of a creative God, not a sluggard that sees issues as impossible or unapproachable. And today, no matter where you are as you listen, no matter what you have done, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are 100% righteous. That means your spirit within you is perfected in Christ. That means you can't do anything to make God the Father love you any more than he loves his son Jesus. You cannot lo- he cannot love you any less than he loves his son Jesus. You, my friend, are the one changing the posture in which you engage in relationship with God. Do you see yourself as a wayward daughter, a forgotten daughter? Galatians 4, 6 says, Because you are sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you an heir. You aren't just barely allowed into the family of God. No matter how your earthly parents or family treated you, you aren't just tolerated. You are celebrated. 
my adopted children receive the same inheritance as my biological children. One of my most favorite quotes in the Jungle Book, it's the wolf mother of Mowgli, and she tells him, you are mine, mine to me. No matter where you go or what they call you, you will always be my son. If you call upon the name of Jesus, you are his child, and you have his blessing. One of the inheritances of the Lord is his peace. It is his healing. It is his prosperity. And that just isn't financial. That is relational, spiritual. It's all of his resources. And at this point, I would just say, I've said a lot. If you're still listening, I would love for you to do something with me. Take a minute and close your eyes. I think one of the most beautiful things about being a child is we have a blessing. And we have the opportunity to posture ourselves to receive this blessing. So I would like to speak this over you. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives strength to his people and blesses his people with peace. Romans 16, 20 says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden and I will give you peace. I will give you rest, my shalom. His shalom is wholeness. So if you need that, you open your hands and posture your heart and say, I receive it. That's how we interact with the blessing of the Lord, by receiving it. You can open your eyes, stay in that place of, of just peace with the Lord. God's peace is his shalom. Peace isn't just the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. God's peace is his wholeness. It's his completeness. It, is, it isn't temporary. It is him. When someone has an amount of something, they can run out. When someone is that something, it never runs dry. One name of God is Jehovah Shalom. He is peace. And he is more interested in you becoming a certain type of person versus doing a certain type of thing. He wants to shift you from being a peacekeeper into learning how to live in him that ultimately is a peacemaker. In the story I shared earlier with my children, I chose joy. It wasn't necessarily the most natural thing because I had trained myself out of that response. I had to do the most unnatural thing in that moment and die to my self-composure. I literally rolled on the ground, but I got up free. Today, you might have to die to some ideas or false identity that isn't who you are. For a long season of my life, I took on the posture of rules and peacekeeping due to a hard season of my life in parenting. I was in a surviving season, and my bad habits became my fruit. I wasn't thriving. I was barely surviving. I couldn't grow. I was barely breathing. Maybe today you're there. Maybe today you are walking out of that surviving and want to thrive again. My answer is the same. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It says the joy for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We are the Lord's joy. By being his joy, that is my strength. We part ways with simple happiness and we receive his joy in the day-to-day by the practice of gratitude. I've said a lot and feels like a short amount of time. I hope something that I've said connected with the need that you came in with and, and listening here today. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit open your eyes to something new in your life. And no matter what your need is, God is capable and longs to meet with you in every place. I will close with this final thought. This is an excerpt from a neurological study on gratitude. 
I feel like it's so important to share. Our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are brain-based, including anxiety and gratitude. Both of these states are tied to activity in the brain, such as the production and functioning of neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and hormones like cortisol. Even when our anxiety is triggered by situations or people, it's the neural activity that causes our reaction. Anxiety, fear, worry, and the brain gang up on us and train us to be on the lookout for negative and for problems. And we find them. We react to them anxiously because our brain is conditioned that way. It's not intentional, but rather it is a habit that formed without us being aware until anxiety symptoms became prominent and bothersome. Gratitude works in a similar but opposite fashion. Studies have shown that gratitude reduces anxiety in part by optimizing, by optimizing the functioning of the atomic nervous system as well as those same neurotransmitters involved in anxiety. This is so important. The brain can't respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time, which means it's one or the other. We can't feel anxious in any no other negative states or we can feel grateful in all the other positive emotions that are associated with it. We certainly do not choose to be anxious, but we can learn to control and thus choose our responses to what's happening in our lives. The goal in cultivating gratitude is to train your brain to hone in on the good. Then stick with it. Pay attention to it on purpose. Be mindfully present with it. The longer you do this, the weaker anxiety, fear, and worry become. Even better, you become increasingly more positive and appreciative of the good in your life. You don't have to ignore reality. Instead, you choose what part of reality you take in. This takes practice because anxiety is used to dictate, is used to dictating what you pay attention to, as well as your perspective. It's a matter of patience and persistence as you develop a sense of gratitude to replace anxiety. An ancient proverb says this, Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgiving, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. I see my children every day. I still face the same screaming voices or tattling sounds every day. I am serving through this community a demographic of people that at times can be very ungrateful. I get it. But things in me have changed. The situation didn't change, but my response has. Why? Because in stepping back, Jesus is what I am grateful for. He is enough for me to have at least something to thank God for when everything else seems to be overwhelming. I believe today God is reminding you that you were made to be a human being, not a human doing. That even on your best days, you aren't amazing enough to save your life or restore your hope. You need help. And Jesus is that help. He is your Sabbath rest. He is the salvation of the world. And he so desperately longs for your heart. Thank you again for listening and finishing this. My prayer for you today is that you would be able to start seeing your life like a garden. And you would take the time to ask the Lord what fruit is bearing fruit. What seeds are bearing fruit. And what do we need to tend to so that I don't put off this cluttered closet, but instead I want to be intentionally planning your word to see transformation. I don't want to just be inspired or hear revelation, Father. 
I want to plant your seed into my heart and see my life and the lives around me transform by the power of your word. So Father, today, that's my prayer for these women. Any woman listening is that she would feel so empowered with your word, God, that she would step into a place of choosing you over what is the most strongest desire in her life. I pray that she would surround herself with women who believe the power in your word and who would begin to to stand with her as she chooses you and as she daily allows for your word to treat to be transforming into her situation. Thank you for your son who died on the cross for our sins. Thank you for your son who defeated death and was raised from the dead. And I thank you that that same dead raising power of Jesus Christ lives in spirit on the inside of us. So we just believe for activation and a new exploration, Father, with you as we go about our lives with wholeness and with completeness, with your peace and your shalom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you women so much, and I look forward to um, connecting with you. And if something in this message spoke to you, please reach out to me and um, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 